that the veil is open, we can enter in and worship Him. Hallelujah. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. And that can happen when it's just us alone. In fact, as I said before this week, we're only as effective in public as we worship and pray in private. So may God help us to continue to live that out. Amen. Well, I am looking forward to this evening. I enjoy speaking on this subject as I shared last night for those of you who were here on uh, family relationships. And as we begin our generational blessings, I'm actually going to call it tonight. You know, uh, we often hear about generational sins or generational curses and all of that, and we see how that can be passed down from generation to generation. But uh, tonight we want to look at the opposite. The generational blessings of God can also be passed down. So many times we only focus on the negative part of it. But tonight we want to look at the generational blessings that if we as men of God and husbands and fathers rise to the challenge, rise to the occasion, uh, that can happen to the glory of God. And I also want to say before we really get into the message tonight that, you know, there's, there's something for all of us. I know sometimes when, when in an audience this size where we could perhaps have, uh, you know, a, a number of different scenarios. Well, first of all, we could have widows and widowers here tonight. And I want you to know that you are not forgotten. And sometimes messages like this can be a bit um, I don't know, maybe I could say painful, or perhaps it reminds you of your partner when your husband was still here, your wife was still here, and, and you, it, 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 it reminds you, it, it, it may cause tears to come to your eyes, and, because you, you think about that, and replenish the earth and subdue it. Let me pause there for just a minute. I want to focus on the last part of that verse after it talks about how God created man and uh, male and female. But then it says, God blessed them and God said unto them, to man, to us, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And I believe that has a lot to do with as husband and wife and male and female as we come together and children are born because it's the way that God has designed it. So we are to be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. But another point that I believe that God is saying, so how are, in, 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 in what image are we created? Are we not created in the image of God? So we are created in the very image of God. So not only is God asking us to, have, to replenish the earth in having children, but I believe he's also asking us to pass on to our children the very glory and image in that which we were created in. So we are to multiply and we replenish the earth with the glory of God through the families. Would you believe that? We're not only just to have children, but pass on to the next generation the glory and image of that which we are created in. And that's where it comes back to us as fathers to the glory of God. Now turn to, that was an introduction. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5, and we want to read there in verse 1 through verse 21. If you have your Bibles, I don't have these verses on the screen. But just listen if you don't have your Bible. Here Paul said, be therefore followers of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for his sweet-smelling savor. 
Fornication, all uncleanness, covetousness, let it not be ones named among you as become a saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with the vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That's as far as we'll read at this time. I don't know if we'll get any further than that. A lot of times when we talk on this subject, we may start at verse 22, but some many years ago when I was memorizing this passage of Scripture, and I was Starting in verse 1 and was memorizing, you know, be therefore followers of God as dear children, and, and repeating it and repeating it. And all of a sudden I get down to verse 21, and I, I, I begin to reflect of the first 21 verses, and it was almost a, it, it, was, it was like a dramatic shift. All of a sudden, you know, Paul is talking about, you know, not fornication or uncleanness, covetousness, and let, let not filthiness nor fool, let none of that be part of your life. And all of a sudden, it's just like, wives, submit yourselves to your own husband. And I was like, Paul, or Lord, why did you anoint the Apostle Paul to write this in such an order? I was asking the Lord and praying, and, and, and the, the, the revelation was this that time, where it was like, well, unless the first 21 verses are a part of my life, I am probably not fit to enter marriage, single people. I'm not fit to enter marriage, or if I'm married, it is a call for us to clean up our life so that we can have the fullest and the most blessed, God-fearing, Holy Spirit-filled marriage that only God can give us. I want to focus on that for just a little bit tonight. Husband and wife, and then we'll get into uh, more of the family relationships, but think about it here, husbands, tonight. How is my relationship? Is the blessing of God flowing? Is there, that doesn't mean there's not disagreements at times or there's uh, some conflict at times, but it, it, it means what do we do with that? Um, as I look at these first 21 verses and talks about not being unclean and verse 5, for this you know that no whoremonger, an unclean person, or covetous man is any... Uh, who is an idolater, is any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God, and, and uh, um, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove it, expose it. Back when our children were very young, early 2000s, and we had four at that time, our youngest wasn't born yet, those were the times when I would travel over to Africa sometimes for two weeks or so, and 
It made a lot of work for my wife at that time. But one day on a Friday afternoon, I came home from the office and was going to finish packing and leave for about two weeks, with her blessing, of course. And I walk into the house, and it was the sweet aroma of my favorite meal. She knew I wasn't going to eat this way for several weeks. You know what it's like to eat over in Africa, right, Ephraim? But she knew I wasn't going to eat like she's cooking for several weeks. But as I smelled the aroma, it was my favorite meal of chicken and mashed potatoes and all the trimmings and everything else that goes with it. And I walk in the front door and through the, into the kitchen and through a doorway into the dining room where she had the table, the dining room table just decked out with china and the candles burning and the smells were great. I mean, I, I know I might be a little different, but I just, I just enjoy good smells. I, 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 can't, I can't stand crawling in a vehicle and, and it smells musty and mo- I, I just enjoy good smells and, and, and I, just, I just do. And she knows that, and so she had the candles burning and, 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 the, and the, the china out, and I mean, everything was just, everything was just right there. It was beautiful. Uh, it, was, it was just the aroma that would just draw you in. And beyond all of the beauty, beyond all of the smell, I sat down at my chair, was this note, was actually this very note. I have carried it ever since. This could have been 20 years ago. But was this, this note that was written by my wife, and she had it setting up beside my water glass. And I picked up the note as we sat around the table and we're joining hands to pray. And here's what it said. We sent you off to be a blessing to many in a faraway land. Because we're committed to God's will, not because it's easy. I remember reading that. I began to cry. I'm sitting there crying. I'm trying to keep it together so that I can pray for the food. And we're all joining hands. We're holding hands. And they're waiting for me to pray. And I finally get through the prayer. And, 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 and things came together. We had our meal together. And I left. And I stuck this in my Bible. And I remember hours later as I'm sitting there in the airplane where you're you know, flying for so many hours and you can read, you can pray, you can meditate, you can sleep, and you can do all that. You're still not halfway there, one of those. And I remember kind of waking up from a, from a nap where you have to kind of pull your neck back. You know, it's so stiff. And I remember waking up from, a, from kind of my first, all of a sudden it was like, oh, this note. So I pulled my Bible out and I opened this Bible, opened my Bible, and I read this again. We sent you off to be a blessing to many in a faraway land because we're committed to God's will, not because it's easy. And I remember there are 30-some thousand feet in the air saying, Lord, why would you bless me with such a wife that can fully trust me, that can fully bless me and send me off to be a blessing to many in, in another part of the world while she stays home and cares for these little... God, why would you bless me? I don't deserve this. Why would you do it? I'm a little bit hesitant to say this because I never want to come across that I am this spiritual giant that always has it all together. That is not true. I'll just say that for the record because I have my issues just like everybody. I mean, some of you don't have issues, but I do. 
but I have my issues just like everybody else. I'm not this, this perfect spiritual giant that doesn't make any mistakes and that, that just always treats my wife just to the top. And um, If you don't believe me, ask her afterwards. I have my issues. However, she knows my heart. By the way, she has her issues too. Oh, she's back there going like this. I think that means bless him, Lord, right? Or help him, Lord. Probably means help him, Lord. I, I, I take it as a blessing, honey. All right. But, you know, we, 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 we have our, but that, that day I was like, Lord, why would you bless me with such a wife? And here was a revelation that I want to speak to us husbands for just a moment. That if our wife knows, if our wife knows without a shadow of a doubt that she can trust you, that you remain, whether you are with her or not, that you remain a man of God, you remain a man of the Word, you remain a man of prayer, that your eyes are only for her, that she can trust you that way. And first part of Ephesians chapter 5, that you live a clean and a pure life, she can trust you that way. You know what? She can send you off and fully support what you're doing. Hallelujah. And that is the call to every husband. How are we doing? How are we doing? Not only when you fly to the other side of the world, but when you leave for work in the morning, can she trust you that you will keep yourself for her? You will keep your eyes for her. You will not lust after other women and all those kind of things. Can she trust you, husband? Do you have a relationship with Almighty God? It is one of the greatest security that your wife needs. Now, the wives are sitting here saying, amen, brother, preach it. I understand that. But you have a responsibility also. You have a responsibility in honoring and, and building up your husband and speaking words of life into him, which is how we're going to end up here tonight. But building him up, honoring him when there is no secrets in, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but expose it, reprove it, have no secret sins. We were speaking at a marriage conference just a few weeks ago, 29 couples out in, 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 in Oklahoma, and, and, and I just remember the Lord laid on my heart, have no secret sins between you. Is there anything your wife doesn't know, husband? Wife? Anything your husband doesn't know? Now, I'm not talking about stopping at sheets and getting a three musketeer candy bar. Or whatever it is now. But you know what I mean. Is there any secret thing that, that, that you're hiding from one another? See, if there is, it only blocks the flow of the favor of God. And it, it actually distorts, distorts, yeah. Did I ever use that word in this? It, it actually distorts the glory of God to be passed on. It distorts that glory. If there's secret sins, because there's, 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 there's blockage, there's blockage. Now, so a clean life, husbands, wives. Um, it'd be interesting to find out here, and you know, my, my wife and I are so, so opposite in personalities and giftings. Sometimes we laugh, and sometimes we're frustrated with it. Anybody... Anybody identify that wants to admit it? Okay, just a few, just a few. Oh, there's a hand way in the back, way up, you know. But, you know, we're, 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 we're so different. This was back about 10 years ago. We're having a, a marriage conference in, uh, down in the Carolinas. Just about, it was about 25 couples from our church, and, and we were on, were we, I, I, I'm trying to think if we were even on the committee. I know we had, we spoke at one of the sessions, and, and, and uh, no, we were not on the committee that time, I, but we, we were in, uh, asked to speak at one of the sessions, but... The people that were heading it up, 
This was all couples from our church, so we all knew each other. And, but the, the, the several couples that were heading this thing up, they, they gave us an assignment. This started on Friday night. Uh, Friday afternoon we got there. Friday evening was one session, and then Saturday morning another one. Saturday afternoon another one, concluding Sunday morning. Well, Saturday afternoon, uh, after the morning session, the couples who were in charge of it, they gave us an assignment. And this assignment was from, we had between like 1 and 5 o'clock, four hours, don't go out with other couples. Don't even talk to other couples. It's just you and your spouse. We don't care what you do other than one assignment that, we, that you have is go to your room or wherever and write a love letter to each other. Whew. My heart sank. Because I was like, really? I came to enjoy this weekend. I can tell my wife all day long I love her. I mean, I don't mind sitting all the afternoon. I love you, I love you, I love you. But to write it on paper? Now, you should have seen my wife. I mean, she just lit up. So they, they, they knew there were people like me there, so they gave us this. They even gave us pointers to start. Like they, 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 a letter to your spouse, you know, some ideas to get you started. You know, they, they knew there were people like me there. They didn't have my name there. They knew there were people like me there. Things you appreciate about your marriage. Things you see in the future for your marriage and, and dreams for your marriage. Keep it positive. Don't, don't go on the blame game trail. And reflect back. Share your heart. Be honest and real. Connect with, uh, connect with your heart in regards to your marriage. And then they even started the sentence, dear, whatever you call your spouse, honey, babe, whatever, uh, your favorite name for your spouse. And then they even started the first sentence, James. I mean, I mean, they were helping us all they could. One thing, here, here's how they started. One thing I really appreciate about you is, and now you write. We went back to our room. I told my wife, I said, honey, is it okay with you if we just go back there and, and just do this right away? Because I wanted to enjoy the rest of the afternoon. And she was like, oh, sure, let's go, let's do it, you know. And I mean, she's all fired up. And so we get up to the room. I'm, I'm praying. I, I, I'm praying, like, Lord, help me. Like, like, like it was, I'd much rather do what I'm doing now, believe it or not. But it, it was like, I, I just, I, I, it's just not one of my strengths and my giftings. And, and, but I, I know, I know it, it's, it's a good thing. And so I'm, I'm sitting down there on the chair, and I'm just like, oh, Lord, just, just help me. I was concerned about even, you know, getting half of this field, you know. And, and, and I'm just like, but I love her so dearly. Why is it so hard for me to write it down? And, and she's sitting across the room in another chair just smiling and writing, smiling and writing. You know, she is so gifted. You know, back, back before, before the uh, smartphones, when, when you had the little uh, flip, flip phones, when, when you send the text message, you know, oftentimes when I'd get a text message from her, you'd open it up and it said loading. It was so long. And all maybe the bottom line was is she just wanted me to bring home a gallon of milk from work or something, you know. But it said loading because of everything else she said, you know. And I would maybe respond with a, yes, honey, or something like that, you know. So, so she, I mean, when I saw this, I was concerned that she'd have enough front and back space. But she's sitting over there and just, just writing and smiling. And I'm over here praying, saying, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. And I write another sentence, Lord, help me. Write another sentence. I finally got, finally got close to the bottom. I was like, whew, thank you, Jesus. And then she's over there just smiling and writing, and then she had everything folded. And so we were finally ready to exchange it. I just, I just kind of handed her the letter, like open like this, like just like that. This is the one she wrote to me, so I'm not going to let you read it there, Ike. But I, I, I just kind of handed her the letter, you know, and, and j just like that. She had hers all folded nicely, nice and, and then written real nice on the front. 
She, here, here's what she wrote. To my, at that point, this was like 10 years ago. So at that point, we were married for 19 years. She wrote um, like this. To my dear husband of 19 years at Celebrating Marriage, 2011, Embassy Suites, Greenville, South Carolina. I'm surprised she didn't put uh, 70 degrees in sunny skies. But it was just like, now, I, I, I tell you that to say this. We are so opposite and so different. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Do we take it in and, and, and do we blame each other? Do we criticize each other? Or do we look at the giftings and we call it out in each other and we bless each other and we help our wives, men, uh, husbands, we help our wives reach their f- uh, fullest potential in Christ. Or wives, you help your husband, bless him, honor him, and respect him and build him up and help him reach his fullest potential in Christ. How is it with us? How is it with our marriage? I want nothing short of the glory and the fullness of the flow of the Holy Ghost. Now, you talk about the best child training there is. Now, there's a lot of child training books. I'm not against that at all. But friend, let's not miss the anointing in our marriage as that impacts our children. When was the last time, parents, that our children caught us praying or sitting down and talking to one another or whatever the case. My wife is an incredible prayer warrior, incredible prayer warrior. Oftentimes when we're home in the mornings, we sit about five feet from each other and we're reading and sometimes it's totally quiet. Other times we're sharing what God is saying to us and what's the revelation this morning? How's the, how are you? How is it? What ring comes from our home? Let's pick up a bit. Let me see if I have this verse again. No, I'll go back. But in verse, the verse that was on the screen earlier, uh, verse 19 of Ephesians 5, if you're there, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Is that the ring? You know, on our phones, we have different ringtones. Sometimes I get tired of the one that I have, and so I switch it. But we can choose our ringtones. I want to ask us tonight, what, what tone, what ring comes from our home? We enjoy going into people's homes. You can usually tell whether the peace of God is there. Husband and wife that honor and respect one another. Children that honor and respect their parents and, 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 and siblings that build each other up and encourage one another. Speak life into one another. What is the atmosphere of my home? Now, when I say that, I realize that there is a great potential of some of us right here tonight. When we think back of our home life and we think of how it was, there's a lot of pain. It's a lot of pain for some. And my heart goes out to you. My wife, she didn't have a bad, bad home life, but it wasn't like mine. I had a great home. My father... One of the kindest men I ever knew, Old Order Amish Deacon, 46 years prior to his passing, one of the kindest men I ever knew, just had a heart for God, loved his children, loved his children. Mom and dad are both gone. Dad passed away in 2007. Mom passed away just a little over a year ago. They would always tell us children, whatever you do, it didn't make a difference whether you were Amish or not. Whatever you do, when we pass on, just don't fight. 
over our stuff. Good advice. That was one way, and I, and I say this to the glory of God. My three siblings, two sisters and one brother, just came through that whole process. Family auction, dividing things out. And I say this to the glory of God. Not one disagreement, argument, or of any sort. All to the glory of God because mom and dad had a heart after God. And that was the way that they passed on his glory and his image to the next generation. I thank God for that. I know that's not everybody's story. That's not everybody's story, but I say that to give us hope. It is possible by the grace of God. It is possible by the grace of God. Not everybody has it that way, and I understand. My, my heart goes out. My heart goes out. But may we here tonight, we have the privilege of making a difference in the next generation. What ring comes from our home? I, I think tonight of this verse, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, over the years, we traveled to Kenya, Africa, about six or seven years in a row. My pastor friend and I would always stay at the same place, always stay at the same residence. Um, uh, family, we, we got to know them. In fact, uh, we got to know them real well. And, and it was just a joy to get to know them. And one, one time we arrived there, it was the evening, about 7.30 at night. And we get there, they welcomed us in, they took us to our rooms. And, and, and the wife, the, 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 the mother, uh, she informed us, she said, we, uh, we're, we're going to have supper for you. We have sent for the chicken. And I was like, oh, okay, good, good. So we go in our rooms, we start unpacking, and, and we're there. My, my room is here, there's a hallway here. My pastor friend is right across the hallway in another room. And, and we're unpacking there for maybe 10, 15 minutes, and all of a sudden, uh, my pastor friend comes out of his room with a video camera, and, and he comes over to me and said, did you hear what I heard? I said, well, I think so. And so we, we both went out of our room, down the hallway, through the kitchen, out the back door, and right as we exited the back door into, did I lose? No, there we go. Okay. No, it was good. We'll we'll keep going. But right as I right as I uh, right as we exited the back door, I looked down on the floor, and wouldn't you believe there's a white chicken feather? Now the chicken had come. It was just a little different from the way I had anticipated. So I exit the back door. We go around the corner to the back. They had a big open fire back there with a big old kettle of boiling water. And there were two live chickens with their legs tied together in the backyard. The chicken had come. It sure didn't taste like that Diener's chicken did tonight. Chew, that was good. So here comes the nephew that was living with them, big old machete. He goes over, he grabs the chicken, and he cuts the rope. And one went into a little shelter for later, and the other one went around the back where the boiling water was. And it was sudden death. I don't know how you all butcher chickens here in Lancaster County, but when I was growing up as a little boy, we used to chop their heads off and throw them out, and they'd jump around, you know, until they're... Anybody identify with that? Uh, you know why they jump around like that? They're not used to it. Anyway, side note. Has really nothing to do with the message here tonight. But there, over there, they, they, they do it completely different. Like they, he took the old machete and he put it on a block and he just, I don't know, I shouldn't get this graphic, but he just, he just, he just you know, took the machete, cut the head off and just held the chicken until it died and then went into the, I know, it's not a very good picture, but I'm just doing that to give you the illustration of the process. And then they dipped it in the hot water and plugged it and 
It's about an hour and a half later, we were eating fresh chicken. That should have been cooked a little bit longer, but it was okay. You say, what does that have to do with this? Here's what it has to do with it. In this hour and a half process, on numerous occasions, my pastor friend and I would go from our room out uh, to the back, just like we did that first round, and we would watch the progression and the, 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 the process. So we would always pass through the kitchen. And in that kitchen was the mother, the wife, and her daughter preparing the rest of the food. And they were singing, speaking, making melody in their heart to the Lord. They're singing praises unto God. They're rejoicing in the God of their salvation. The ring that was coming from their home, it was more important that they were singing about Jesus than the chicken being late or undone. That was the ring that was coming, and that created the atmosphere that overrode the chicken that should have been cooked longer because I was impacted for Jesus Christ beyond the food. Hallelujah. What ring comes from our home? What tone comes from our home? Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Now, let's transition a bit here tonight and go from marriage into family relationships. And if you go to the last book of the Old Testament, chapter 4, Behold, I will send you a light to the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Maybe we could ask this question here tonight. Would we agree that there is a curse upon the earth right now? We agree with that? Could it have to do, according to this verse, could it have to do with fatherlessness in our nation? Could it have to do? According to this verse, there's a very good possibility that one of the reasons that there's a curse upon the earth is fathers have put down the guards. We want to change. We want to see the world change. I, my son, Eugene, I've heard him quote this. I don't know how many times in the last year, if I can get it. Um, be the change you want to see in the world. Is that right? Be the change you want to see in the world. Be that change. So if we think there's a curse upon the earth, fathers, let's rise up and be godly men and not let the enemy overtake our families. He's calling us out. Come against that curse. Come against the darkness. But instead, many fathers, we put down our guards and, and we don't have the heart of our children, sons and daughters. May God help me. May God help me. It's not if we parent, it's in what spirit we parent. I was sitting, if you caught that on the, uh, the little video clip on my daughter's book, one of the reasons that she wrote that book, The Vision, when that uh, was birthed, Back when she was 10, 11, 12 years old, her and I went through a, a difficult journey. Not, she was not a bad girl. She was not, she just at times, we would, we would not see things. I, we would, we would, I, I, I didn't feel like I had her heart like I had the rest of my children. We both knew it. And we're both asking, Lord, because it, it wasn't like she was a bad girl. It was just at times I, and then we worked through all of that, and through that process is where the birthing of this book came out of. 
But how did we get through that? I was sitting at a family conference one day. It was right during the time when I was asking the Lord, Lord, how do I win her heart? The speaker made this comment. Young people are often controlled by the one who praises them the most. Young people are often controlled about the one who praises them the most. Let me explain. I sat there and I was like, how does this work? He went on to explain. And I sat there and all of a sudden I broke. I said, Lord, I see it. I'm asking the Lord, how help me to win my daughter's heart. Not only her, but all of my children. But there was more um, between me and her than any of the others at that time. And I'm sitting there, and I'm asking the Lord to show me. And when that quote was given, young people are often controlled by the one who praises them the most. It went on to explain that here's what can happen with young people, teenagers, or even when they're younger, 10, 11, 12. That was my situation, very young. And he said, often what happens, and what I was seeing is her peers had more influence in her life than what I did. And I said, Lord, there's something about this picture that's not right. What is it? And that day, it was all flash right in front of me. Here's what was happening. What she sensed from me, not always, but a lot of the times, was a critical spirit. She would... She would get dressed to go somewhere, come out of her room, and I could just cry because of where it is today, and I can't wait to get there. She'd come out of her room. I wouldn't have to say a word to her, but she could feel from me. She could feel a critical spirit, whether Dad approved or not. She could feel it. Sometimes I would say words. That would cut to the heart. I wouldn't yell, but just a critical spirit. Then she would go to her peers, birthday party, whatever. They would affirm her, hey, you're beautiful. And all of a sudden, I realized there's no wonder why her peers have more influence than dad. Critical spirit from dad, affirmation from peers, guess who has the greater influence? Now, let me be quick to say, it's also choices that the children make. I know situations where dads have spoken blessing and life and all of that. Children have still made wrong choices, but you see it less when this happens. Now, remember that day I sat there, I was so broken. I repented. I said, Lord, my attitude was not right. My attitude is not, it's, it's no wonder there's a wall between us because what she sends us from me is more criticism than affirmation. She, she, she feels more words of death than words of life. And at the same time, God was working on her heart. God was working on her heart, and this very verse was turning her heart toward me because of things that she was, uh, testimony she was listening to and, and people's stories that uh, daughters, other daughters that, that had a, a wrong attitude toward their dad and, 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 and God was working on her heart. And all of a sudden, when I began to do this, let's see here. Death and life 
are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Fruit thereof. When I began to understand this principle that death and life are in the power of my tongue. So the words that I speak to my wife, my children, what do they hear more? Do they hear more criticism, a critical spirit, or do they hear words of life and affirmation and, and, and life-giving? That doesn't mean you quit parenting. That doesn't mean you quit correcting. But it, it's kind of like, you know, I see a lot of young families here. And, and you know, when, when, when your children, when they come in from outside, they have shoes on, and they, you know, they kick their shoes off right inside the door. You know, you, know, you didn't teach them to do that. In fact, you taught them not to do that, right? So you can respond to that one of two ways. Hey, Johnny, you know better than that. Get back here and put those shoes away. Put them where they belong. Or you can say, hey, Johnny, could you come here a minute? Is that where your shoes belong? You see the difference? You got the same point across. Now, our children are all grown, and, and sometimes they're in the bus, and they're, they're imitating me doing this process. <laughs> we can laugh about it now. But we would, or, or you know, you know how you how you have little ones, and um, the sibling takes somebody's toy, and the other one, and, and then they fight and they cry. That's mine, and, and all of that. And uh, when that happened at our house, and we would like, and one would walk away and say, "Oh, I'm sorry." I'd say, "Hold everything." As they're walking away, they're sorry. No, let's come back here. Let's talk about this. Face each other, hold each other's hands, and eye contact. My children still tell me how that was when they were young. Eye contact. What did you do? Ask for forgiveness. Real, genuine confession. It doesn't mean you quit parenting, but it, it's in what spirit that you parent. Your son or your daughter wears something that is questionable or you don't approve of. Or what, what do you do? Do you criticize them or can we sit down? Young lady, can we, can we talk? Um, I'd love to hear your heart. I know you're not my long daughter, but I'd love to hear your heart. How, how did you come to that conclusion? You sit down and you lay it out on the table and you can talk about it in the spirit of humility, not criticism. And that's what wins the hearts. That's what wins the relationship. And I find with my children that not everyone's the same. So, so I, I, I take different approaches for different ones based on their giftings. Because I can do one thing for one and it doesn't mean much for another one. But in either case, speak life and words of affirmation because death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, when our children were real little, we, I was getting on their case about their attitude and, and how they were speaking. Um, I may not get done in time tonight, but bear with me. I, I, was, I was getting on, on their case about how they're, what attitude they're speaking to me in. And I was like, you, you shouldn't talk to your dad like that, not, not in that attitude. And one morning I'm in the prayer closet and I'm praying, I'm praying about this. I said, Lord, what do I do? How do I parent? How do I walk through this? How do I do this? And, and I'm asking the Lord and, and it, it was like just a, I don't know, a Holy Spirit bomb that day, that morning. Just conviction in my heart and here's what it was. Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, well, the very way that you are, they're talking to you is how you are talking to them. And I'm like, yeah, but Lord, I'm dead. I know, you never get that carnal, you argue with the Lord, but I have. But Lord, I'm dead, no. Who are they watching? I repented. That night, we gathered the family around the living room floor. They're just little guys, you know, and we gathered the family around the living room floor in a circle, and I said, children, you know, I was getting on your case about how you're talking to me. But may I just share with you that this morning in prayer, 
The Lord brought conviction to my heart. I repent it. I'm free. Hallelujah. But I want to ask you to forgive me for the way and the attitude that I'm speaking to you in. Harshness and just critical and the very thing I was telling them they shouldn't do, I was doing. And I said, children, I'm so sorry. Can you all forgive me? And Oh, we had a forgiving session and a hugging session and, you know, one of those living room hugs, you know. And then Eugene, my second son, third born, but second son, he's, he's kind of like I am. He just, he'll just put it out there and say it how it is, you know. And, and after we were done hugging and forgiving one another, he said, well, Dad, we learn it from you. Then I was like, anyway, it's not really what I wanted to hear, but it's what I needed to hear. But back to winning the heart of our children. This is what happened to my, my daughter and I. As I began to speak blessing and life into her, you know, out of the same mouth, James 3, verse 10, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. The words that we speak, listen to this, it is a spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth not. The words that I speak, Jesus said, unto you, they are spirit, they are life, John 6, verse 63. So we as born-again children of God, if we have the Holy Spirit in us, so the words that we speak, and yes, to our wife, to our children, they ought to bring life, not death. They ought to build up, not tear down. Implement it in my home. Then, the other night we were here and we were talking about the Holy Spirit, but today I came across it. It's so beautiful. The last part of this verse, this is after John the Baptist baptized Jesus. It says, when he, when he was baptized, he went straightway up out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. If God the Father did it to his Son, should not you and I as fathers... Go to our sons and say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Fathers, if our sons ever heard those words from us, mine have, and I'm not ashamed of it, because it works. My son, whom I am well pleased. Now, as we conclude here tonight, I want us to think about this. You know, if the family is in here, if you can get ready to come up here. But here's the principle in Luke chapter 24, and I know this is in the context of the ascension. It says, and he led them out as far as to Bethany. This is after the resurrection. He led them out, Jesus' disciples, let them out as far as to Bethany. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. This is Jesus blessing those under him. It came to pass, while he blessed them, he parted from them, carried up into heaven. He ascended. And they, the recipients of the blessing, they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Let me expound on that for just a minute. As you all, excuse me, as you all make your way up here, here was Jesus, the leader of his disciples. It doesn't say what he said. It just lifted his hands and blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted. Look at the recipients. Look at what happened to the recipients. And they worshipped him. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. I want us to think about this. When my daughter and I, God was 
turning her heart toward me. God was turning my heart toward him. Yeah, you can come right on up. He was turning our hearts to each other. What I began to see is this very thing right here. And I'm going to leave you hanging there until after this next step. And I'll come back to it as it relates to speaking blessing. What we want to do here tonight, this is, this is totally to be so open with you all that we have nothing to hide. We're just going to be real with you. Um, this is no motive of any kind to show you who's who or anything like that, but just to simply encourage us to speak blessing and words of life to one another. It has revolutionized our family, and I am so, so grateful. I am so, so grateful. And my dear wife, if I can get out of the preaching mode now, I'll try to be a little bit softer now. But, you know, there's two things when we practice this. There's two things that are very important. They all know what it is, and that is eye contact and touch. Um, one of the things we found, that if there's any walls between us, it's very hard to have eye contact. Everything pretty good right now? Okay, good. You know, we have actually had situations where we met with a couple, and we intentionally put two chairs toward each other, so when they sit in front of us, they could not look at each other in the eyes. And can we be honest enough, but thank God, when the cross came into the picture, that all changed. If there's walls between us, we're the ones put them up. Jesus tore them all down at Calvary. But can we be honest enough to say there are times when we have a hard time looking at each other in the eyes because of walls. But by God's grace, we try not to let the sun go down upon our wrath. And we purpose in our heart to not go public with unresolved conflict. Now, granted, there's times and we have ongoing things to work through, but there is time. In fact, just tonight at the supper table, I heard some of them asking each other for forgiveness. I don't take that for granted. Sometimes it just added, it's, it's little stuff that happens. But this is how we practice it. We have nothing to hide. We don't do this necessarily every day, but we practice it regularly, especially her and I. We're in the mornings, more so when we're home. But I often just look at her and start praying over her. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you, Father, favor Ruth Ann today? Would you bless her? Would you anoint her? Would you empower her? In the time when she was doing school, I would, I would speak wisdom into her and, and courage in, in managing the house and, and all the schoolwork and everything she had on her plate and just speak it in what they need rather than criticizing them for what's not done when you get home. May God help me. I've not always reached that, but by God's grace, I attempt to. And she returns that favor. She often prays for me as I go to the office, as I meet with people, as I go into meetings, and, and there's not always easy meetings, and, and whatever all the case, she, she prays over me, and I trust even throughout the day, not only just literally, but in the mornings. This young lady, she is our youngest. I know I'm sweaty, sorry. She is 17 years old, and God has so gifted her in, in music and has given her a wonderful voice. And, but beyond that, you know, there's, there's time. We're looking forward to the day where we can go into any prison and she can get in. Up until 18 in some states, you can't 
So we have soundtracks with her alto voice on that we can still do more songs. But I tell her when that happens, we don't only miss her singing, but we miss her presence. And I, I bless you with that, the, the, the charisma and the character that you bring uh, to our family. And this, this young man, he is um, he's, uh, sometimes the quiet one in our family. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. But I, I'll, I'll be here to say tonight, when he speaks, I listen. God has given him a keen sense of just sensitivity of the word and prophecies and, and things that, that I, just, I, just, I just admire. And I bless that gift in you. And to watch him come alive in, in this new music studio and doing research and some of those things has just been such a, such a marvelous blessing. And I thank God so much for that. And this young man, it used to be where we would see everything eye to eye, but that's kind of changed now. But I thank God for this. He is, his personality and mine are a lot alike. Sometimes we clash, but we don't leave it unresolved to the glory of God. But gifted in, in worship leading and music and, and leadership, sits on our leadership team at home and at the church and our main worship leader at church and many other leadership roles that God has, has blessed him with. And I bless that gift in you. And this is our oldest son and whom I'm well pleased. And I say that to all of them. I'm well pleased in all of them. But he is our pastor at heart. This guy has no enemies. I, I don't know that anybody has enemies, but he just, he has, he has a pastor's heart, always looking out. You know, dad gets up tight, and we have a lot of tight demands and schedules, and dad gets up tight, and he'll just come and say, dad, it's not going to help anything to get up tight. You want to just slap him, but you know, you, you appreciate it, and I thank God for that gifting. And now to watch how God is developing that in our office there and our development manager. And it's just a joy. He's from here to the front row of chairs, an office down from mine. And I'm so honored to, to work with him. And we're, we're so grateful. Now, um, thank you very much. God bless you. You can go on back. And um, I, I, do only, I, I only do that not to paint this. We have our issues, believe me. There's sometimes seconds before we walk on stage that we're asking each other for forgiveness. We don't have it all together. We just don't let conflict continue to brew. And may God help us as fathers. Now, as we call out men of God tonight in just a moment, I'm going to call us out tonight because this is a serious enough matter, a serious enough matter where, where, where I, I believe it's going to change. It's, it, it, it's going to change the darkness of the world when men rise up and remove this curse that is on the earth. We have that privilege. But back to my daughter. What I saw when I began to speak life into her, and this was when she was 11, 12, 13 years old. She's now married and 26 years old. Hallelujah. But when she was at that age, I'm learning to speak into her life, speak words of life to her, and she's learning to turn her heart toward me. I saw this happen. I saw this happen to the point where when... Back in those days, we would all go to church together yet in the same vehicle. One hour before we would depart, I would usually go through the rooms and make sure everybody's up and awake. I came to her door in our basement bedroom, and the door was closed, and I just cracked it open a little bit. And I looked in there, and there she was, an hour before church, already inside her window on her knees, before Almighty God, in worship, preparing her heart, preparing her heart for what God wants to speak to her about.
I remember just slowly closing the door and say, God, only you can do that. It simply came through this principle. Dad, speaking words of life into my daughter. Her heart turned toward worship to Almighty God. And it was there before, but it just escalated and increased. And to this day, she's still the one, even though she has a wonderful husband, married, lives in Napanee, Indiana. She calls me sometimes and just speaks into my life. We have a privilege of sitting down together with her and her husband. And she, just, she just speaks into my life, just blesses me. I don't take that for granted. I don't take that for granted. So men of God, where are we tonight? Are we here tonight? Men of God, are we ready to rise up to the challenge? Are we ready to rise up and be men of God? I believe there's many of us, many of us that are men of God. You're, you're sold out to Jesus Christ. You're sold out to Jesus Christ, but I believe we would do well in taking a public stand tonight. Take a public stand, come right up front here and say, I want to be that man of God. Even if you are, I'm, I'm with you, I'm one of you. But there's times when I need to intentionally just say, Lord, I want to renew this. I want to refresh this because I want to be a man of God. I want to be a husband to my wife that she can count on to be faithful to her. I want to be a father to my children, whether they're married or not. I want to be a father to my children and rise up and not be ashamed of surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ. Men of God, where are we? Are you there tonight? If you're there tonight, stand up and come. Just come. If you're there tonight, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to call you out. Men of God, we want to make a difference in this world. Just come. We're going to take a public stand tonight. We're going to say yes. We will agree together. I believe many of you, you're on the right track. You're doing this. You're speaking blessing. You're doing all of this. But tonight, we're going to unite together. And out of this place, the world is going to be impacted because men of God have said, yes, I am willing to pay the price, count the cost, and not be embarrassed, not be ashamed. Come right on in here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Even if you're single here tonight, say, I want to be a man of God to make a difference. I'm not ashamed of it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, teach us. Teach us how to be men of God. I want to just pray over us. There's still some coming. Hallelujah. I want to just pray over us here tonight.